Hi, and welcome back to the European VC, the go-to podcast for everything European VC. If you love the show, share it with your friends and join our newsletter at eu.vc. Today, we're happy to welcome Premzil, founder and managing partner of Presto Ventures, a Prague-based VC firm investing in early stage and pre-Series A startups, built by exceptional founders from Central and Eastern Europe. If you enjoy our content, do support us by hitting the follow button, giving us a review and following the European VC on LinkedIn. Premisal, welcome to the European VC. Super nice to have you. How's everything today? Hey, hey, hello. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Happy to be here. So, Premisal, we always start kind of with understanding who the guest is. And, you know, we, everyone can Google you. Everyone can check out your name, can check out Presto, you know. So that's, that's not what we're interested in. Give us a quick rundown. Like, how the hell did you end up in this wonderful world of venture? Funny story, as always. Uh, my background is in mathematics, so I, I studied a, a very weird uh, field in, in Prague, and then and I actually wanted to, to change a bit, so I changed, and I, I moved to Paris and, and did my master in mathematics in Paris, in, in the applied one. Um, and then I discovered, obviously, that this is not my cup of tea for the whole career, so uh, I changed a bit, and then uh, I went into Air France and Amadeus in technological company, and then it was still a corporation, so I said, okay, so it's not... It's not, it's not my way. I need to start something on my own. Uh, so I started a business for a French investor in Czech Republic. Then I moved to, back to the Czech Republic from the French Riviera, which was at the time where Amadeus uh, was uh, uh, a nice place, but uh, uh, quite boring for me. So I started this business and then like went more into the kind of IT and software and, and services. Then met startups and met the first uh, like a Czech IT companies and Czech startup companies. And I was part of the of the big venture capital private equity firm, uh, helping them with some of their projects. And 2015, beginning 2016, already had the motivation to start something on my own and, and the main motivation to support the talented people because I was used to be among all those like mathematicians and all those like bright minds. And um, and at the same time, I, I, I'm an active musician. So from the very beginning of my life, I was like surrounded by those like talented people. So the, the, the main motivation was, hey, like, like I have some uh, like uh, uh, the hard skill knowledge in mathematics and I have some kind of soft skill sales uh, uh, business experience from from this like my first business. So let's help those uh, super talented people around me and the scientists and, and, and people in that space to, to build something valuable and to realize themselves uh, into into the uh, into the startups. So this was my first motivation, and and I basically did my first fund with a single LP. Uh, so it was like a single LP backed uh, venture fund uh, that started in 2016, like end 2016. And this was kind of proof of concept, in, let's say in the, <laughs> in the in the in the startup like dictionary. We started just to to the side tech and and all those like scientific commercialization, but then turned into a very uh, standard VC. The, the most investment we did in like 2018, 2019, 2020. So this is where we where we have built the portfolio of about 15 companies, invested about like 15 million euros in the in the first fund with this LP. And it turned out that even though it was a very start of the of, of my investment career, 
that I was lucky enough to have some very successful companies in the portfolio. Then based on the successes together with friends that we've already been investing together, like created a, a second fund and raised money from other LPs, mostly entrepreneurs, exited founders, uh, family offices like here in, in the region. This is the very brief story. So yeah. Here so I have are. to I have to start by derailing the conversation and saying you're the second Czech GP that I meet that is a past musician. And so I have this idea next time that UVC is, is in Prague or around town. I'm I'm a self-glorified failed musician as well. So okay. we'll do we'll do like the, the worst concert in the world with GPs playing. So I think that'll okay, be that'll be definitely a fun thing to do when we're drunk. I, like I, I play double bass actually, so like I ah, hope nice. this will this this will help the the, the band. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. We have a guitar player as well. And I'm okay, a, bye, bye. And I'm a kick-ass dancer, so I can do like sexy moves. <laughs> as long as you keep your clothes on, Andreas, I think everyone will enjoy that. <laughs> I, I'll keep it off because I'll start without it. <laughs> on a more on a more serious note, premise. So thank you for sharing that, and I think there's something incredibly interesting in your story at least for me which is you know you starting with a thesis and evolving and changing over time it's really easy to understand as an outsider right well we had this thesis didn't really work out because there wasn't deal flow or you know there wasn't appetite from the investor whatever but i can imagine that as an individual right as as a young investor starting in the industry right that must have been a grueling experience and really hard to kind of take out the learning and get out on the other side so i'd love to hear your story of how that process was for you? No, is that is that like like I I had like, like some network on like among these the scientists and the universities and, and was just like uh, talking to people, trying to help some of the uh, like innovation centers and, and and those kind of stuff and, and and what I actually learned is that it's it's really hard to join this like the scientific competence together with the with the entrepreneurial drive. Yeah. Um, and there are like very, very few people that have both and one without the another just doesn't work. And, and it's like a deal flow question. Like there is not enough projects to review. And I feel the venture is more, more and more. I think the venture is like a statistical game still. Like, so you need to see a lot of stuff and you need to uh, like do a lot of diversification and so on. So, so if you don't have deal flow, like just don't invest in, in that space because you don't have enough choices and you don't have enough diversification to do. So that's why I, I like from the beginning, I was meeting like other founders as well, like not only the scientists, scientists and more and more, I felt that, that this will be the right way. And, and, and we gained a deal flow and we gained deal flow not only from Czech Republic, but from other countries of the region. So more and more, we were in the like very traditional like deal flow and screening startups and meeting like hundred startups a year. And now we are meeting thousand startups a year. And so, so this, this is, this was the change. And, and basically the change of the, of the thesis was just a deal flow case. Something that I also had kind of here in top of mind of, of chatting with you about was you said we, we started off with a single LP structure. It, it was also single GP, right? So it was single LP and single GP. Am exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that, that's super interesting, right? Cause many of our listeners are probably thinking of doing that or in the process of doing that or, or in, you know, kind of at the end of that process. So I'd love, love to hear some of your learnings there, but, but maybe starting with the LP side, right? Single LP, there's a lot of possible mistakes there that GPs can fall into when they're unaware yeah. of, the, of the ins and outs. Share with us uh, your learnings. You can never think that, that the resources are unlimited, basically, even if it's like a, a wealthy single LP family office. Like this, this is, this is the one trap you can, you can fall into basically that it's never it's like never evergreen like it's not it just doesn't exist and then imagine a startup that has only one 
angel investor from the very beginning for a very long period of time. Like this just doesn't work for, for many reasons. So this is a very like and, and like a lot of lot of even very uh, like famous VCs started this way like a single LP because it was a like corporate VC or because it was like a single family office putting some money aside for the venture. But like all the people I know in the space that started with a single LP sooner or later raised their uh, second fund and the real fund like from other LPs as well. And I think it's like it's a very healthy way. And I learned, uh, I, I learned a lot about the both sides it, because if, you can say that if you have one LP, you don't have this like a raising experience and you don't have the, the experience with the, with the financial product for the LPs. But it's like, for me, it's the opposite way because if you have a very like a strong and frequent relationship with, with the owner of the family office, then you, then you learn perfectly how, how these people uh, think and and how they used to do business and how conservative they are or how free they are to invest and, and how they decide in a, in, in a, I would say in a crisis mode and how, how they decide if yeah. they, if there is something wrong with the company. And this is like, like for me, this, this was the like most crucial learning in my career, those like five years in, in this like single LP, single GP relationship. And I'm grateful for that. And it's like, it, it's basically a very experienced angel investor that's actually it's it's giving you the experience of, of tens of years of doing business that you can then translate to the venture i've seen you know the, um, some cases where you know you have these single lp structures where the gps are acting almost more as an advisor than the fund manager right? in the <laughs> sense that they don't have the final say at the end of the day so yeah. they're sourcing deals they're finding deals they're dealing yeah. deals but they don't have the say of investing the capital right and that yeah, is yeah. kind of a fucked up situation because you're not exactly. really truly building a track record, right? As a fund manager. Exactly. So I, I wasn't at that situation, but it's true that, that like if you have a, if you are a partnership and, and you do investment and at some point of time, the investment doesn't work and you, you need to decide whether you put more money or not, yeah. or I don't know, the, the investment doesn't hit a milestone and there's like next money trigger and the trigger is not met. So you don't send the money and, and the, the company is basically either bankrupt or, or not. And this decision, it's very hard even in the partnership because you say like there is this like marketing side of, of the stuff because if you let the company go bankrupt, that it's like a reputation harm, obviously. And in the single LP, single GP, uh, it's even harder because the LP has a, a very different interest than, than you have at, at the time. Like for him, it's like, like wasting more money. <laughs> and for you, it's like keeping the company alive for a, a bit more time. <laughs> so so th- those situations were really hard. But once again, this was the situation I learned the most. Uh, and I learned the most about, about me, about, the, about how the LPs actually think. And I learned the most also about the founders, because in those like, critical situations when you need to like, uh, somehow take care about the relationship with both of them and, and try to not do more harm than, than, <laughs> than needed. So, so this, this was hard, but it was like, like incredible learnings yeah. for the future and, and for, for the things we are doing right now in the second fund. And we are like uh, like more GPs and, and, and many LPs. Would you say that in your single LP structure, the fact that you had an angel was actually a blessing compared to having a corporate with other strategic agenda or a very yeah, big yeah, kind definitely. of asset manager or whatever? Exactly. Uh, and the very bright side of that was that, that this LP was like really interested into uh, like meeting young people, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, supporting talented people. Uh, and, and he was basically like, or he is, he still is because he's obviously a cornerstone investor in the second fund as well. And, and, and he's really like into, uh, all that, 
uh, like meeting startups, enjoying the young atmosphere, yeah. the building atmosphere, the drive of the startup ecosystem, which is like very much different from the original business he he came from the like the industrial space. So so so, so like and this was the blessing basically uh, compared to the kind of some corporate VCs. I have a question, which is, and you you actually pointed to it there because you said many partners and many LPs. Um, and you are many partners. When you look at your, your team, you, you don't have like two partners and then uh, five staff, but all of you carry the partner role. We are like four GPs and, and the, the story of, for each of them is uh, like quite diverse, but we know each other for, for many years. And, and one of them was, has been working for me uh, probably from the early beginnings of, 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 of the first fund. And the others are, are friends uh, and we've been investing together and, and then just say, okay, so let's put our brains together and raise uh, a fund together and let's do it. And then we add uh, one more partner, uh, which I know from one of my like inherited portfolio company and then I inherited from the from the family office, basically. Uh, so, th- so we are like five partners and uh, like each of us is like very different background, very different skill set, very different experience, uh, which is helpful. Like we are still in the like the one GP founder relationship with, with our startups, but let's say that we open all the relationships to the founders because we know that it, it's it's much better even more for the large portfolios as we have like because we were, they will have forty companies in the second fund portfolio and probably hundred companies in the third one, third fund. So we kind of we are trying to scale also the the experience level of the GPs and that is to open the, the 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 partnership to everyone and open all the our like close network. To our to the community of the founders, so and it helps a lot basically. Like this diversity in backgrounds and in in views uh, and in like characters helps a lot. Uh, in at a firm building level, it's interesting that you opt for that many partners, but no principals, no associates, no analysts. Could you share me a bit the philosophy behind that? Because like we all basically love uh, meeting startups and, and and digging deeper and and, and doing all that like uh, core VC work. So this is not that like we just don't want to do the screening. So so let principals and associates and analysts like do it alone. Like we, we don't do it, it that way, but we feel that like we need to build this layer of people. So it's like it's, it's exactly the same as in a startup. So uh, I basically hired those those best people that are partners in the fund, and then we are working together to bring in like more junior people and to learn them like how we want to do the thing. Because like we feel that we are like we try to build something for long term, and for long term you need very good people. And and if you find someone who is already experienced in a VC space, this is a unicorn because like the the, the maturity of the CEE ecosystem is not so high. So so there are not many people that are already experienced and that want to change and then that that are in Prague and then speak Czech and whatever we wanted to have. So we have this philosophy of spending time with junior people, hire the brightest once and let them uh, let them learn with us and and prepare we are right now preparing the team for the fund pre obviously um, the fund pre will start investing in uh, in 24 or or end and 23 and this year so we are preparing the, the juniors and, and already promote someone to associates and then we will also have principals and, and, and such so this is the flow yeah. this is once again about the like working with the talented people like this is the same thesis i have from the very beginning like like let the most talented people thrive and let them learn. And, and, and this is what we do with startups. And this is what we do with also people we are hiring. I'm curious to hear what have been your, because now you've run a full fund too, really without that extended team, right? What would you say have been the most inhibiting 
parts around that? And on the other hand, what have been the most giving parts? And what are you kind of thinking, okay, this is something I'm going to miss when we are starting to add more juniors to the team? Like sooner or later, if you want to meet like 2,000 startups a year, you need to have enough hands to to handle all of that stuff and all of that research and all of that market stuff. And and if you want to be a good investor and have a like a good deal flow and do a lot of investments to diversify your portfolio, like you certainly need people that uh, that do that work. It, once again, it's it's a startup basically. So so we are trying to to find the ways how this like a venture business, which is not scalable because it's a services business. So, but there are parts that can that can scale, and this part of like like seeing startups and meeting startups at the conferences and and digging deeper into the startups and and doing the market research, like this part can scale with, with the junior analysts that are really like passionate about startups and then 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 that learn a lot and work hard and and, and so on. So this this is probably the only way where the venture capital firm can scale outside of adding more partners and and obviously adding more money to the funds. But 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 on the on the team side. More and more is the process of like how to screen startups, where to find them, what's the process of the selection, what's the funnel. And, and more and more you start basically building the process. And then it's much easier to add young people to the process. If you don't have the process, like, it, it, like you, you cannot have them because it's very hard to, to put a, a very young, unexperienced people into, the, into something that's not kind of more yeah. structured. But this is the work we've been doing uh, last year. Like, yeah. uh, kind of build the process to enable us to bring more people onto the team and to prepare the, the company for the for the third fund and for the fund that might do like five investments a month. Yeah. And if you want to do five investments a month, then you start to think, okay, what do we need to do to be able to do that? And and, and one, one answer is like, we should have a process. And, and second answer is like, we should have a little bit more people in the process because otherwise we, we still want to keep the filter very high. So we, we need to have like much more companies in the input to have still like those five companies a month as, as output or, or 50 companies a year. This is, this is the goal. Yeah. And you just said something there that I have to dive into. <laughs> uh, because yeah, you, said, go on. you said you threw out the number five investments per month and that might even, might just have been an example or is that actually what you're envisioning Presto to be able to, because then as you say on your website, and, and we need to touch on this Presto Ventures. You say that there, the, the name Speed is in, or the Speed is in the name. Uh, and I'm yeah, curious sure. what that means. Yeah. Where the hell does that come from? Because Presto doesn't mean speed in my world. So where does that come from? And then also talk talk us through that five per month uh, uh, number uh, when we're then talking about speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, easiest, the easier question, like Presto comes from like the Italian word and I'm musician. So like it's some, there is some like relationship between the, also there are like five lines as a, as a musical lines, you know, like in the logo. So, so there's like a, like a musical heritage I have from the past and presto means like really fast in, in the musical terms. And so this is something that, that, that describes us quite well. And, and that's also the strategy we are, we are actually starting. Uh, uh, and so this is for the, this is for the speed. And this is not to, this is not a speed with like okay so let's let's spend the money as fast as possible like this is not the way how we think about it like the, 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 like like the key value is still the responsibility uh, and then there is the speed and then there is obviously like a human relationship we we have with the founders and LPs and 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 between each other so on top of the responsibility of uh, investing the money wisely and and doing a, a good filter and, and 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 so on so the speed is still key because 
like you need to act fast uh, and you need you need to actually prepare the team to act reacting fast and then we come to the uh, to the five investments a month during 22 we did actually two or three investments a month already so uh, in in average so so doing a, a, a twice more or a three times more it's not that big deal because we now have the process of of adding. I realize now you're saying this that I don't even think I went shopping twice or three times <laughs> last month. <laughs> <laughs> and then like it, it all comes down to the to the deal flow, obviously. And and we know that like last year we met something about like eight hundred, eighteen hundred, eighty five founders or founding teams. Uh, we think that the number and it's like in it's like in fifteen ten to fifteen countries. So from the Prague to the East. Up until Baltics, uh, down until Balkans, we are we are pretty strong in in Georgia and, and and this region as well. So, like if you take all those countries and we 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 are meeting like half of the market probably with the like eighteen hundred eighty five or probably even less than half of the market. There is definitely space to meet even more companies a year. And if you meet twice as much comp- as many companies a year, like you can definitely do twice as many deals a year uh, if you have funds for that and if you have a process and team that could basically proceed all, 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 that, all that number. And tell me just a bit about the portfolio model behind doing uh, that many investments per month, because that also means, okay, let's multiply two to three with a five-year investment period or three, four-year investment period. How does your portfolio model look like? Like the, the, the portfolio model is actually, we want to do like a two-year investment period, so invest in 100 companies within two years, do the, the most diversification possible, so let's say that if we have a like a hundred million fund as a fund free, uh, that the maximum amount of investment per company will be two or three million, not more. Uh, so the like the diversification is the key. This kind of like kept maximum ticket or not maximum, but but the but the total amount of money invested yeah. in one two company will be limited. There will be LPs co investment, like a lot of LP co investments in the in the fund three in the fund two as well with the with the follow on rounds. And 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 what we feel is that. This is the most adjusted strategy to the region because if you if you uh, look at the distribution of the exits uh, and and the evolution of the distributions of the exits, and this is uh, this is this is very much mathematics and very much statistics, then you see that okay, so you you can you can't really bet that you will hit uh, many many unicorns into your portfolios because the ecosystem is a little bit behind the the Western world, but then the efficiency is much better and so on and so forth. Those are the uh, benefit, like benefits of the CE. But so the, in the fund model, if you have 100 companies and if you expect some, I would say, uh, Central Eastern European distribution of the exits, like the most uh, successful strategy might be to diversify the most, invest into the companies that are good deals and that are like good founders and good potential to do at least 10 times. And then the probability of, of losing money is zero uh, at, at, at this number of companies. And uh, there is this like biggest probability of hitting like like high returns. And also when there is a unicorn, the probability of hitting this unicorn, uh, even in Central Eastern Europe is quite high if you invest in a lot of companies. So, so this is the model in a nutshell. Uh, high high, number, high numbers, uh, like low maximum ticket, a lot of co-investments with LPs. And, and so on and so forth. I have to ask this question before we move on to the quick fire, which is on the topic of diversification and, and, and your own model. And maybe, maybe it's important that you you kind of, you tie this in into your, your stage and also your follow-on strategy, but how do you think about vintage diversification in, in what you were just saying? Because that is that is quite a lot of deals in just two years, right? Like there is this discussion about, okay, so there are 
been uh, two years of uh, like uh, absolute outliers in terms of uh, like uh, valuations and uh, number of companies and deals and so on. And there are quite a lot of VCs saying, hey, like we invested at a, at a insane multiples and, and right now like we are in hard times and that and, and this is basically uh, uh, the outcome of the uh, of the vintage diversification because if you invest in a one portfolio like at high valuation and different space and so on, we are pretty untouched by that because like the, the, the politics and the strategy always was okay let's not go with the with the trends of like insane multiples and let's let's stay on the ground and and, and look at the and look at the efficiency and look at the fundamentals so i don't think this is like much more like for example between the first fund and second fund like the valuations multiple are pretty much the same even though the second fund mostly invested in the 20 2021 20, 22 uh so so in the in the harder period of time so if you have the, if you have this hygiene of say hey like to say no to very good deals that are just overpriced then you can uh basically keep your strategy still the same and we are in the b2b uh and marketplaces uh pieces so so b2b software uh, enterprise and 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 saas and uh and marketplaces and we feel that there are like Still, a lot of companies like across the vintages, uh, and and obviously the market is evolving in a way. But but we are not saying okay, so we did this kind of thesis in the fund two, so we won't do it in the fund three. Like this is not what he did. But did I understand you correctly, Premisal? You are working with two year f- investment cycles, really. Like this will be this will be the yeah for the first ticket implemented. So the portfolio we call it like portfolio building. So the portfolio building cycle in in fund two. Uh, will be two years yeah. and the portfolio building in the fund three will be also two years, but we will deploy like twice or, or triple much, much capital. That is aggressive, right? Many LPs. That is what we call presto. <laughs> yeah, no, that, exactly. Like, like, and, and, and this, this is the best time because the startups are in, in, in a stress a bit because of the venture capital is no more like a free, free of charge. Uh, venture capitalists are, are a bit stressed because they're invested at a high valuation. So all the industry is a bit stressed, as, as you as you know, <laughs> obviously. Uh, and at the same time, we are in the in, in area of Europe that is like the most capital efficient. And capital efficiency is the number one uh, topic of the VC scene right now. So therefore, the CEE region will become probably the most interesting tech area of the world or of, of Europe at least. Uh, at the end of this kind of crisis, uh, so uh, so therefore we feel that this is the this is the time to be a bit more aggressive than than the others, because we might invest in the companies that have the fundamentals, that have the capital efficiency, that are uh, founded by talented uh, founders from from this region, and there are a lot of them, uh, and then they have the drive, and they have and they are all from the small post-communistic countries and, 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 and we know the spirit, we know the, the mindset and we can help with it, obviously. That's why we feel like this is the time to invest. Like, obviously, it should be good deals and good startups, but it's, we don't feel any kind of pessimism of saying, hey, like, let's wait for, yeah. for times to be better. Like, I think this is the time to be more aggressive than, than, than uh, before. From a uh, LP perspective, and you know you have this much money that you want to allocate to VC and this much then to that region. Um, and then you want funds that give you diversification. You then normally would plot a fund into say that gives me exposure to this region for four or five years. 
Um, but with you, it's only for two years. Do you see LPs when they see that model? Then do you have that conversation about them only allocating, you know, for a two-year period <laughs> in the sense that, that that you don't give them diversification for to CEE for five years, right? You give them for, for two ventures. And as such, you know, if they want if they want to cover the region for five years, then they would have to do two funds from you, uh, which means that well, yeah, exactly, happy, yeah, uh, happy allocation, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love, I love. Premise will just just had a little smile there. <laughs> <His face. laughs> I think it, it's very smart from the LP point of view to diversify as well and to diversify across the vintages as well. So this is how we work with the LPs, as, like like. We we are not hunting LPs for a fund like we are hunting LPs for a lifetime and saying yeah. hey like like if you want to invest in us let's let's test the cooperation with a smaller ticket in this fund and then with the like bigger tickets in the other funds and if you are interested in startups you should be allocating the the money continuously and not just in one fund and one vintage yeah. but but if you if you can allocate your money every two years and 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 send us the money or probably you will be like calling the money once a year or something like that, like half of the investment a year. So then you can allocate this much money a year into CE startups and it will be split between the funds. So if, if David said like like four or five years, like it will be two or three funds. So you split your allocation in three and this is like completely okay. This is the strategy because like diversification is the key in yeah. like in, in the in investment overall. So uh, in general. Yeah. Permissal, we are running out of time. So we're now going to jump into the quickfire round. And the quickfire round is that exciting part where I ask you quick answer questions. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> deep, deep breath? Yes. So first question, what areas, technologies, or sectors excite you the most that other people around you don't really feel that excited about? I don't think there are some. We are still in a very beginnings of the of the GP carriers, like even after six years. So yeah. I'm, 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 I'm always excited by many things. And I'm more excited by like uh, uh, new types of founders and, and founders from other countries and new businesses. And, and I'm, I'm always excited about like uh, uh, that, that we are pushed to, to learn something more about an obscure industry or, yeah. or, or, or sector we, we, we didn't know about. Uh, and, and we need to call our friends to say, hey, like, who knows anything about this one? <laughs> Uh, so this is what I'm excited by, like, and not really verticals, uh, uh, like concrete verticals. Second question is, what would be your top tips to other GPs out there emerging who are now fundraising for their funds? So it will be three of them. The first one is kind of obvious, uh, work hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't slack like, around, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Like, no, no, like, this is what we... Like, you need to be... Uh, smart and fast, uh, and, but it's not enough. Like you need to spend time on that. And if you are fast enough and, and spend time, like then you can like run a bit uh, further than the others. So I, I think like work hard, spend time with the founders, spend time with the LPs, uh, like do, the, do all the work uh, that, that's needed. The second one will be, and especially for the emerging VCs, like always find ways how to innovate everything in the company. So how to help founders better, uh, how to uh, build a better uh, uh, product for the LPs, how to uh, innovate your deal flow, how to do better processes so that the company is working in a more efficient way. Uh, and, and don't be stuck in the in the old way of doing the business because everyone is doing that that way. Like, I, I think 
the, the differentiation be, like between VCs is very hard because this is still a services business. So it's hard to yeah. differentiate like two marketing agencies and, and two VC funds basically. Uh, and for the emerging VCs even more because there is not this kind of uh, uh, history and, and, and long, long built reputation of the, of the oldest funds. So for the emerging VCs, it needs to be some kind of like innovation differentiation in that way. And, and so we have like deal flow from different countries and we, we build our portfolio in a different way. And, and we, we, we think about portfolio support in a, in, in this way. So, so I think this will be the, the number two and the number three will be psychological resilience, uh, work or stability, uh, because this is just like a startup world, like emerging VCs are still building their companies and, and during the building there is obviously ups and downs and, and the downs are very hard in the vc because the money are very long uh, you all need to wait you need to be patient and then there are all that like and the and the disasters come first and the successes come seconds uh so you you at the beginning you just see the disasters and then you start see the, the successes so the so the resilience part and the like the emotional stability uh, and the psychological stability is is, uh, uh, is important, just as for our other founders. Third and final question for Missile um, is, what would be your advice for investors, angels, VCs, whatever their profile is, looking into the CE, given that you are an advocate for the region? Sales is everything. Uh, the region lacks a little bit of sales and marketing expertise. Uh, if you want to invest into the companies here, you need to... You need to be good at it. You need to help them with that. You need to help them with uh, structuring their sales teams and structuring their pipelines and hiring their sales guys and so on. So, I think I think I think sales will be the key for the next couple of years because this is what the CE companies are still lacking uh, compared to their counterparts in, in the West. Uh, I really like that answer. Thanks a million, Premisol. This was so much fun. People have no idea how much yeah. they're laughing because uh, some of it have been edited yeah. out. <laughs> But uh, thank you really <laughs> yeah, for Yes, that is very funny. Thank you for having me. Uh, really good. Like, thanks. Thanks. Uh, looking forward to uh, other encounters. Thank you for listening to this episode of the European VC, the go-to podcast for everything European VC. If you love the show, share it with your friends and join our newsletter at eu.vc.